to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. great worship. Woo! Great worship. Good to see each of you. Thanks for being in the house today. I want to say a big, big welcome to our church family that joins us online. Uh, love you. Thank you. Praise you. Um, thanks for being a part of us. Thanks for sitting in the living room by the fire <laughs> and watching us. We're jealous, but we love you, all right? Um, but it is good that you're here. Good to see you in the house. Also good to see the online church. Um, so last week, uh, I showed you, if you were here, I showed you a ton of numbers. Uh, State of the church address to give you all kind of numbers about the church. Uh, people that have joined the church, families joined the church, baptisms, those over 25 that have been baptized in our house, uh, just all kind of numbers, a lot of giving numbers of where we are as a church. And, and man, it's just a great, great, great 22 for our church. I mean, incredible, record-breaking in many areas. Uh, first time ever uh, that we've ever in, in the history of our church given over $2 million in total giving. So you got to give that some love again. First time ever, first time ever that we went over 300,000 in the manger offering. Remember manger offering? We take it 18th of December, it all went to the new campus. Uh, everything that you gave will go there to renovate and, and, and do some work there. So that's all good. And what I like to do is, I like to follow that Sunday with probably what has become the only Sunday I'll preach on money. I don't I don't talk about money a lot. I don't preach on money a lot. I had a guy come up to me one time. He said, hey, pastor, I've been in your church about a year and a half, and I've heard you preach on money one time. And I said, correct. He said, what's up with that? That's different. It's weird. I said, because it's not about money. It's about heart. See, every Sunday I stand here or my pastor's stand here, we talk about heart. We talk about a heart chases after God. You got a heart that chases after God? You won't have time to chase after money because everything about it is about him. And when God's got your heart, I'll say it again later, he got your checkbook, he got your wallet, nothing to it. And so I don't talk about money a lot, but this is a Sunday I talk about it. I talk about it because I have to talk about it, okay? If you go to a church that doesn't teach on tithing at least once a year, you need a new church, just saying. Because tithing God says tithing is a biblical principle that must be taught to the church, must be taught to the church. And so I titled the, the message right on the money. It's more than a dollar because it is more than a dollar. It's very important. We live in a day and time, um, mm, saddens me, man, not just sad, make me mad sometimes, but we have people that say tithing is an Old Testament principle that shouldn't be taught anymore. It's not, it's not a New Testament principle for the church. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? When I got up here to preach, I didn't grab two Bibles. 
I didn't go, oh, am I preaching out of the Old Testament this week? I better get the Old Testament Bible. Oh, now I'm preaching out of the New Testament this week. I better get the New Testament Bible. I picked up one inerrant, infallible, inspired word of God, and I brought it up here on this podium, and I'm gonna preach to you from the word of God, not a two-sided Bible, a one-side, okay? If it's in the word of God, it comes from the Father. It is good. He's a good father. He says, teach the principle to my church. And so listen to me, this New Testament, Old Testament stuff, that's bull, man. That's wrong. It's the Bible, okay? And the Bible is applicable today, today. The problem is not the Bible. The problem is us getting none of the Bible. And so the principle is true today. And what I'm teaching today is not about money. Don't go, I'm turning this guy off. I don't know him real well. I used to like him. I thought I liked him. Now I don't like him. I'm not teaching money today. I'm teaching a biblical principle that God says must be taught to my church. That's it. I'm teaching a biblical principle. And here's the principle. If you do it, he's gonna open floodgates and pour out more blessings as you can even, you you can't handle what he pours out. And so that's what I'm gonna teach today. So I'm gonna start this way. There's three words that you're gonna hear all the time in the church. You hear them all the time. You heard them growing up. Uh, We say them all the time. Uh, we say them, and we don't really know what we're saying. Uh, we use them all the same, but they're not the same. There's three, three words. They have three different definitions. They mean three different things. And if you learn nothing else today, I'm gonna teach you these three words and what they mean. Because we use a lot of church words sometimes, and we go out in the world, and we use church words, and we don't know what they mean, and then the world looks at us and goes, I don't know what you mean. And then we can't explain it either because we don't know what we mean. So I'm gonna give you three words that you hear in the church all the time related to money, and I I want you to be able to define what they mean, see what they mean in your life. You may be using a word in your own life that's not accurate, okay? Might not be correct. So here's the three words, offering, giving, and tithe. We, We say them all the time. They're all associated with money, but they mean three different things. So let me explain them to you. So if an, say you're gonna take an offering, there's love offerings, okay? There's offerings for different special events and special things. There's the manger offering that went to our new campus. There's offerings are above the tithe, okay? So there's the tithe, and we're gonna look at it in just a little bit. Anything over and above the tithe is an offering, okay? Does that make sense to you? It's kind of like filling up the bathtub for your kids, and your cell phone rings and you're talking and you go, and then you realize, oh my gosh, I left the water running. And you run into the bathroom and the bathtub is overflowing with water. You're giving an offering to the bathroom. It didn't want it, but you're giving an offering to the bathroom, to the toilet, towels, rugs, everything. And your kid's sitting in the water like, this is not supposed to happen. No, it's not supposed to happen. You see that thing that mommy just turned? You can turn it off, all right? I mean, so you got this, you got this overflow. That is an offering. It is an overflow of the tithe. So anything you give, to love offering, a special gift, special thing, uh, other ministry outside the church house, that's an offering, okay? Sense, make sense, good? So, so the tithe, anything over the tithe is an offering. Now, giving is another word we use a lot. Here's how I want you to understand giving. Giving's anything under the tithe, okay? Offering's above the tithe, giving's under the tithe. The tithe. So you say, well, if I just knew what a tithe was, I'd be fine. 
But I'll tell you what a tithe is. A tithe, according to scripture, is 10%, first fruits. So your take home, your income, 10% of that is a tithe, okay? So anything that is a tithe would, if you give a tithe to the church, your end goal as a believer is, is to be a tither, okay? That's, that's what God wants of each of us, okay? Many of us start out as a giver. We give first. We don't get quite to 10, but we're giving, okay? All right? but, but once we get to 10%, we become a tither. God's desire, according to Scripture, is that we become a tither, okay? If you want to give an offering, you give that over the tithe, okay? Make sense to you? So the tithe is a biblical principle that must be taught, okay? So what I'm teaching today is not about money. It's about a principle, okay? My job as your pastor is is, is to feed the sheep, and the sheep must be fed from the Word. And the Word says, teach the church about tithing because it will benefit and bless them richly, okay? So today I teach about the principle or the habit, the spiritual discipline of tithing. Okay, so people have asked me all these questions about tithing all the time. They said, what, what, what's with the 10% thing? What's with the, the 10th? Why, 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 the, why, why the percentage? I said, well, it's kind of simple. If God just said, I want you to give me $10,000 annually to, 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 as your offering or as your tithe, and you go, well, I'm off the hook. I only make $8,000 a year. I don't have to tithe it in. Y'all can take care of that, rich people. I don't have any money. I can't do it. But God didn't do that because God wants this principle in every person's life. So he put a percentage to it. He said 10% of what you make is your tithe. Everybody in the house can do that. Everybody can do a percentage, and that's why he said it, because he wants everybody to be a part of this, because this principle is alive and well. So I want you to go to Malachi. Malachi, they don't give you a lot of scriptures for preaching on money. Malachi is the home run text for for that. So Malachi chapter three, the some of you are like, oh my gosh, what happened to Matthew and John and Luke? And I, okay, let me help you before you before you frizz out on me. All right, so Matthew is the last book in the Old Testament. So just Find the little page that says New Testament and go back to the left a little bit and you're in Malachi, okay? All right, you'll be fine, all right? Malachi chapter three, I wanna walk you through it. Malachi three, we're gonna walk through six through 10, okay? I want you to see the principles laid out by God in this text, okay? Right off the bat, Malachi chapter three, verse six, the Lord says this, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. I, the Lord, do not change. Change. This subheading of this text is called robbing God. <laughs> what a wonderful quiet time. I'll make me some coffee, get my little notebook. I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna do a quiet time. Oh, look, today it's, it's, it's Malachi 3, robbing God. <laughs> Who would do that? I mean, what does that look like exactly anyway? I mean, just interesting questions that sometimes kids give me. How do you rob God? All right, he's gonna go into that in just a little bit. The whole subheading's robbing God. He says in here right off the bat, I, the Lord, do not change. So Hebrews 13, eight that we looked at this fall, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. The God of Abraham, Noah, Jacob, Moses, all the studs in the Old Testament, he's that God. 
He's the same God in the New Testament. He's the same God today. He's the God that does not change. So right off the bat, he says, what you're about to read is a hard principle, okay? It's a tough teaching, but I want you to know, church, you can do this. Why? Because I'm the same God, and I don't change. I'm the same God. I do not change. You can trust me. That's what he's saying. Malachi 3, 7, look at it. Ever since the time your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how do we return to you? That's a great question. He says, ever since that time, you, you, you drifted away from me, but I want you to return to me. How do I return to you? What are you trying to say to me? All right, look at verse eight. He answers it. Well, really doesn't answer it necessarily. He asks you another good question. He says, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do I rob you? In tithes and offerings. This is how you rob me, in tithes and offerings. He said, well, how does a person rob God? He robs God in tithes and offerings. He says, I want you to return to me. And James, he says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Why is he saying that and attaching this? This, is, this almost bridges each other. Why? Because when you are drawn near to him and he draws near to you, when you return to him, he begins to become everything in you. Your heart begins to match his heart. And when your heart mirrors his heart, mm, giving is off the table. It's already decided because your heart desires him, it chases him, it wants him. But you ask, how do we rob you? Tithes and offerings. Let me make a statement to you. The tithe is not your money, okay? That should get some amens. The tithe is not your money. Listen to me. The tithe is not my money. The tithe is the Lord's money. 10% of your income, 10% of what you take home. I know there's some stuff about, well, you wanna give off what you bring home uh, or, or give off the gross. And then people, you know, some people say, well, you wanna be tithed with, with this or you wanna be tithed on the, you wanna, you wanna be blessed on this or you wanna be blessed on the gross. Can, can we not sound churchy? Just whatever you bring home to the house, whatever you come home with, okay, what goes into your checkbook and checking account, that is 10% is your tithe to the Lord. The tithe is not your money. You say, well, uh, I, 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 I can't make it, Pastor. I, 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 I just, I, I don't know if I can do that. I want to teach about that in just a little bit. But, but what I want you to understand is the tithe has to be and become in you a non-negotiable item. If you're still arguing, debating, and, and, and trying to justify stuff with God on the tithe, you should quit. You're not going to win. This is a principle. He's not doing this for money. Listen to me. The reason God teaches tithing is because he knows you and me. We're just selfish brats. I mean, just say it. Go to the nursery right now. If we took a field trip to the nursery, there'd be a toy in the corner and been played with since we built the building in 18. It just, we just bought it thinking a kid would like that. It's been sitting there. 
All that has to happen with nine two-year-olds is one two-year-old, brave enough and with enough guts or just flat ignorance, just walk over and pick up that toy. And all other eight will dog the poor kid. I mean, be on him like crazy. And the teacher's like, what is wrong with you kids? They're just a bunch of little sinners. Then they're acting exactly like they're supposed to. And that's why Jesus came and died on the cross and said, I'm gonna save you, you little sinner, all right? Because if I don't save that little sinner, he's gonna grow up to be a big old sinner. And they're gonna go to Walmart and United and they're gonna get in the aisle fight about mashed potatoes because it's the last box on the shelf. And that's embarrassing when you're 52 years old. Just embarrassing. Listen to me. <laughs> We're selfish, man. And God knows our heart, man. We want me, 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 I, I, I. We want our stuff. We like it. And there's nothing wrong with having stuff. And there's nothing wrong with having a beautiful home and beautiful cars and nice trucks and nice trucks and nice trucks. I'm just saying. I'm just, <laughs> I like trucks. But what I'm saying is there's nothing wrong with that. But that's 90%. Okay. You understand? 10% is his. And the reason he calls it a first fruit, because if you don't cut it off the top, you're going to eat it later. Just saying. Because you never, ever, ever have the math work out. But nobody does math mm, like our God. And he'll do more with your 90 than you could ever do with your 100. Promise you. I promise you. So the tithe is not your money. Don't spend it on something else. Mm. And don't give it where you want to. I have a lot of conversations with people on that subject right there. Okay? And, but I'll go into it in a little bit. I don't want to jump ahead. Go to verse 9. He's setting all this up. Go to verse 9. Look what he says in verse 9. He says, how do we rob God? By tithes and offerings. And he says in verse 9, you are under a curse, and the whole nation, because of you, are robbing me. So I'm going to say something to you. If you are not tithing, okay, if you're not tithing, if you're not making that principle a part of your life, you say, well, Pastor, we cannot get the 10% right now. And listen, I sit with young couples all the time. I do weddings. That's part of my premarital counseling is, is on tithing. And I say, listen to me. I get it, man. I, it, it is expensive today. It is. But you have got to develop as a 25-year-old or whatever, how old you are, a principle, a habit, a discipline. If it's 5%, you, 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 you do five. If it's six, you do six. If it's seven, do seven. If you can do 10, do 10. But you've got to start with something because if you don't ever start, you're not going to be able to know the goodness of the Lord. You're not going to be able to trace him. You're not going to be able to track it. So you've got to start. Just start and you see how good he is. You've got to start. If not, you're under a curse. My grandfather used to teach me all the time, self-inflicted pain gets no sympathy. He's right. I used to not get any sympathy. If I burned my hand in front of my granddad after he told me that fire is hot, I would look at that big old Indian and I'd say, you don't even care I burned my hand? He said, did I not tell you the fire is hot? Don't put your hand in it. Yes, sir. Well, you got all my sympathy on the front end and you're not getting any of it on the back end. I'm like, what? that's really comforting, all right? 
probably still need counseling over that. But what I'm saying is that, 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 that stuff, God says, listen, you, you have voluntarily put in your house, marriage, kids under a curse if you don't do it. That's what he's saying. He's yelling from heaven, I love you, I love you, I love you, don't do it. Put me first in every area, put me first. The only thing in competition for worship of God is money. Mammon wants your worship. And if money is gonna get it, it's gonna steal it from God to get it. Don't give your worship to nothing but God. And don't worship the money. Don't worship a dollar. It won't do nothing for you, man. It'll rot you. Don't worship, won't worship it. Look at Malachi 3.10. Some of y'all are like, thank the Lord. Let's move from nine. That's not fun at all, all right? Messing up my football, preacher. All right, so look at Malachi 3.10. He just talks about in nine, you are under a curse, your whole nation for all but God. Then he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. I'll get to the testimony later. I'll get to that in a minute. Bring the whole tithe into my storehouse. So bring the whole tithe into my storehouse so there will be what? Food in my house. Food in my house. So the question is, where is the storehouse? The storehouse is simple. The storehouse is at the place, at the church, where your family, your marriage, you as an individual, your children are being fed. This is a good house. Woo! It's a great house. It's a really good house, Okay. Love everything about this house, okay? We're not perfect, but I love everything about the house, okay? If you have found this place to be your church home, if this is where you're beginning to attend and you like it and you wanna place membership here, if this is where you're worshiping, if this is where you're feeding, if this is the table you sit at to eat from spiritually, this is where your giving or tithing needs to be. Make sense? He says, bring it to the storehouse because he says, if the storehouse can't feed, it's because it has no seed. So it would be a shame and a sad statement to the church and to Jesus if people came to the church and couldn't get fed spiritually because there's not enough money to pay the guys and ladies that are on the staff to do the ministry of the church. It's not about paying us. It's about the ministry itself. Camps, D-nows, retreats, men's retreats, ladies' retreats, D-nows, pre-nows, marriage retreats, all that stuff that we do, man. It's all about feeding you and making your life as an individual richer in the Lord, in the Word. So if you're being fed at the storehouse, bring your tithe to the storehouse. Then if you wanna give to other ministries outside the church, and there's some great ones, and I'm telling you some great ones, then that is your offering to them. That makes sense? But don't neglect the storehouse, okay? And, and, and I said this in the first service, don't use your tithe to send a message. I don't like the music, so I'm gonna send my tithe somewhere else so that I inflict pain upon the church so I get the phone call from Jeff to go have coffee because I wanna tell him. I'm sorry. I'm probably not gonna call you because I'm gonna leave you to God because he says, you just put yourself under a curse and God could do a whole lot to you that I couldn't do. What I'm saying is, I know people, they have told me by my face, well, I don't like this and I don't like that and I'm gonna send my tithe somewhere else. And I said, well, you really don't wanna do that. I'll recommend another church that you need to join, okay, so you can put your tithe in the storehouse but don't send a message with your tithe. The tithe is not yours, my friend. The tithe belongs to the Lord. 
And if God needs to send a message, he'll send it himself, and he doesn't need you to do it. That was the last breakfast we had. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> Y'all are like, woo, I don't know if I'm going to call Jeff or not. Well, hey, I have a lot of good ones too. Don't worry, okay? So let me, <laughs> some of y'all look at me like, I don't know about him. All right, so let me give you three points. I got to get you out of here, okay? All right, number one, uh, giving matters to God because he's the ultimate giver. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You are not, the most you can be like Jesus is when you're giving because he's the ultimate, ultimate giver, okay? The ultimate, ultimate giver, okay? Jesus, Jesus is the greatest giver and you're never more like Jesus than when you give, okay? So if you really wanna be like Jesus and you say, I'm gonna have seven quiet times a day, the quickest way to be like Jesus, not seven quiet times, the quickest way to be like Jesus, be a giver. Jesus said, I, I give, I give, I give. And that's what he wants from us, okay? You may be here today and you may understand that Jesus wants a relationship with you. He may be knocking right now at your heart door, okay? If you'll open your heart and receive the giver, his name is Jesus, he'll change your life forever. Change it forever. Number two, our giving habit reveals our heart for God. Our giving habit reveals our heart for God. Matthew 6, 19 and 21, he says, do not store up on earth treasures, but treasures in heaven. Don't, don't store up here a bunch of stuff. Your stuff is not going to heaven. You are. There's nothing wrong with having stuff. There's nothing wrong with having a lot of good stuff, okay? There's nothing wrong with being blessed. But listen to me. Keep the tithe where it needs to be and do the tithing that God's called you to do. Don't give the tithe away. Don't go chase a bunch of stuff that you think can make you happy. I'm gonna say something. If your best friend is UPS or FedEx, mm, you need to see us for counseling, okay? They're not, they're not a good friend. It's sweet when they arrive, okay? But I'm gonna tell you something. Don't chase that. You chase him, chase him. And make sure you're tithing and giving to the work of the Lord and don't spend his tithe with UPS and FedEx and all the other things, okay? Verse 21 says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is and where your heart is, that's where your treasure is, okay? He wants you to chase him. If you'll just chase Jesus, he will supernaturally change your heart to mirror his heart. And all this giving stuff won't even come up anymore because you will not be able to stop giving to back to the Lord and to the church house, okay? Giving is not a matter of funds, never has been, never will be. It's a matter of the heart. Can I say to you again, it's not about how much money you have. That's why he picked a percentage, 10%. If he'd have picked a number, some people would have been off the hook. But what he picked, a percentage. Why? Because everybody can do a percentage because he wants everybody to do the principle. It's not the money he needs. God does not need our money. Whew. No, he does not. He rich. We're about to walk on streets of gold. You think he needs our money? He's building a mansion for each one of us in heaven. You think he needs our money? No. Listen to me. What he wants is your heart. The principle is what he's having to do. That's what he's after. I've said before, I said it earlier, when God has your heart, he has your what? Wallet. When God has your heart, money is not a question. You trust him. He trusts you. So let me say something to you. You gotta make a plan. If you're a couple in here, please make a plan 
on tithing. Sit down this afternoon, sit down tomorrow, go on a date, but you got to sit down. I tell all my young couples this, don't, don't go into this without a plan. Make a plan. Dave Ramsey says every dollar has to have a name. Give it a name, a tithe. Make a plan. Honey, this household, this marriage, our family, we're gonna give this a much, this much. If you can do a tithe, do a tithe. Commit to it. Everybody knows it. You know it. It's a a plan. Why make a plan? Habakkuk 2.2 says write the revelation down. Why? So you can track how good God is. How are you gonna know he's faithful if you don't even know how much you're doing? How are you gonna know? You're just guessing. Don't guess about God. Know about God. When somebody asks you, is God good? You say, yeah, he's good. How do you know? Because here's what I know. Every month, it looks like I got more month than money. But me and my wife, we stick to what God has put in us, a principle of tithing. And every month, he finds a way to pay every bill, man. And our bathtub overflows, I'm telling you, every time. Because nobody does math like God. I said this in the first service, do not tip God. I mean, a lot of people that tip God. You know what I mean by tip God? (laughs) Tip God's like going to the restaurant. See, the church is not a restaurant and God's not your waiter. You say, wow, that was, that was mean. No, I'm just saying, don't tip God, okay? The church is not a restaurant and God is not your waiter. I need some tea over here. It's too hot in this restaurant. I don't like this music. I'm not giving no tip. That's how we treat God sometimes. If God is good, I tip him. If God's been sorry that week, I'm holding out. Don't hold out on God. That's a curse. Don't tip him. Have a plan that you're executing in the area of giving and tithing and watch his faithfulness blow your mind. Watch him. Last one is this. Number three, God will not share his throne. He will not share his throne. Matthew 6, 24 says this. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Church, <laughs> that's not me saying that. That is Jesus saying that. Why is he saying it like that? Because he knows us best. He knows us best. We can't serve God and money. I said before, the only thing in competition for the worship of God is mammon. Mammon wants you to worship it, money. God says, do not give your worship to an idol. Give it only to me. Put money in its place. Let God be the one that's exalted over it all, and he'll do more than ever you you could even think or imagine. Look at Malachi 3, verse 10. A, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. God says, the only time in Scripture, God says, bring it into the storehouse and test me. Just test me. See if I don't come through for you. So I'm gonna say something to you. I'm gonna double dog, triple dog dare you. Not to stick your tongue to a pole. It'll stick right now. But not to do that. But I double dog dog test you to test God. Whoa, I can't say that again. You gotta test God. God says, test me. You test him. You say, God, I don't know about all this, but I'm gonna do it. I don't think I can do it. The math don't make sense, but I'm gonna do it because I know you love me and you're crazy about me and you want me to have this principle in my life. And so I'm gonna do it. We're gonna do it as a family. We're gonna teach our children. And I don't get it. It don't make sense, God, but I trust you. I do. And I need to grow and I wanna grow. And I, and I said earlier, this, this tithing thing, it's the biggest deal for believers. I think it's the biggest hurdle a believer jumps. 
man, is, is tithing. When you, when you get in board on tithing, it's a big deal. So test God. That's what he says. Just test me, man. Put your money where your mouth is. Just test me. Matthew 6, 15 says this, but what about you? What do you say? Who do you say that I am? Mm. Who do you say that he is? It's one thing to say he's great, faithful, beautiful, wonderful God. It's another thing to put your money where your mouth is and God come through and then you sing hallelujah and you don't know what to say. God, he's incredible. Malachi 3.10 ends with this. You bring the whole tithe in my storehouse and see if there's not food in my house. Test me, the Lord says, and see if I will not throw back the floodgates of heaven and pour out so many blessings you don't even have room for it. I could have pop-up testimonies by people all over this worship center, could have done it in the first service too. Pastor, we started this principle in my family. Didn't make sense to me. Biggest step of faith I've ever done in my life, but God came through. Why did God come through? I'll tell you why God came through. Because God says, faith honors me and I honor faith. If you step out there, you'll never, ever, ever be disappointed. I want to end with this. I was in college and God taught me this principle. You ever, you remember time in your life where it really changed for you when, when, when tithing and giving became you and not what mom and dad did. My parents used to give me an envelope with two quarters in it when I was a kid and I would take that to Sunday school. But there's a time where it's a transferable thing where, where God becomes my God, not my parents' God. Y'all been there? So I was sitting in college one time. Went to college at Emmanuel Baptist Church in Marshall, Texas. All the baseball boys would tell me they were gonna go and I'd always go, but by myself, because baseball boys didn't get them to go to church. So I'd be in the middle of the church by myself and the offering was in the middle of the, of the service. And I remember one Sunday, I had $11.69 in my checking account and I always gave God $10 a week and the offering plate's coming by and I'm praying that, 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 that somehow I get resurrected to heaven real fast so I don't have to do this because I'm trying to tell God, God, I don't have enough money. I want to eat Sunday night. I'm going to write a $5 check. And God says, no, you're not. No, you're going to honor me. You're going to trust me. So I wrote a $10 check. I tore it out and the plates come by and the little lady gave it to me and I put it in the plate and it was going to the next little lady and I wanted to get up and get it from that little lady but I was scared to death I shouldn't steal the offering plate. And so I let it go and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have any money. I have $1.69. I can't even eat at Taco Bell. And so, so I let it go. And so it, on the ETBU campus, they serve a, a Sunday lunch but they don't serve dinner on Sunday night. So I went back to the school. Man, I ate enough chicken fried steak. Whew, I ate a lot of chicken fried steak because I thought it was going to be my last meal. And so I remembered I didn't check my mail. And I went down to the business office below to my mailbox and I opened the mailbox and I thought this is going to be a bunch of junk. And so that previous, it was in, this was in the fall, and that previous summer I'd went to Arkansas and, and worked there and lived with my mom. And so I spoke at some churches. And so uh, there was this one church that I spoke at um, it was called the First Baptist Church in Smackover, Arkansas. I didn't make that up because it's just smack over there. And so you Google it, you find, you type in Smackover, Arkansas, it'll pop up. I promise you, Arkansas, they, it's weird over there. I'm just telling you, Smackover. And so, so that I remember when I spoke, the pastor came up to me after the thing was over. He said, hey, uh, my secretary that writes checks is out of town and, and we'll get you a check next week in the mail, uh, but we can't pay you today. I said, that's cool. You know, check's always in the mail. So I went by, I forgot all about it. And I go down to my mailbox after letting that check go. And I, and I was worried about money and eating tonight. And I opened the mailbox, junk, junk, junk. And there was an envelope, top right-hand corner. It said, first bell show, smack over Arkansas. I was like, what, what is this? I open it. There's a letter attached to a check. It said, Jeff, thank you so much for speaking to our youth this summer. So sorry that 
It's been four months since we paid you, but we've doubled the amount, except it's from a church. God bless you. I sat down and started crying. I said, why are you crying over a chick, you big dummy? I said, I'm crying over a chick because God is faithful. <laughs> what I forgot about, he didn't. What he saw, <laughs> he blessed. I'm telling you, folks, God will do it when you think he can't. Just be faithful and watch him open floodgates. I went back to the, went, ran the business office and cashed cash my check. I went back to the, the house I was living in. I told my roommate, I said, hey, dinner's on me, babe. K-Bob's ribeyes. God is good. <laughs> Amen. And so what I'm saying is God is good. And you got to have a way to track him. And he's good. He's faithful. So the principle of tithing is not about money. So if you turn me off today because I want to talk about money, it's the only time I'll talk about the rest of the year. But don't turn it off because it's not about the principle of money. It's about the principle of tithing. It's about giving that part, that tithe back to God and watch him do the rest. I'm gonna ask you to stay in church. Can I say something to you that you already know? God's good. He's just good, man. But here's what happens to us. If we don't make a plan in this area and we don't track it, the greatest weapon the enemy has against the church little church and the big church, short-term memory loss. We forget how good he is. So if you're just tipping God, how you track that? If I ask you right now, how much have you tipped this year? You won't know. It's impossible. Nobody counts it, okay? But if I ask you what your plan is in the area of tithing, and do you know it? And, and, and are you executing it? And are you trusting God? Have you seen God be good? Have you seen God stretch it? Have you seen God grow you? Has your faith increased because of that? You can track that. And then when we sing a song about how good he is, ooh, you gotta give it up to him because he's been good. So start somewhere, 5%, 6%, seven, let it grow every year till you get to 10, 10's the goal. Not my goal, not church's goal, God's goal. Principle for you. Search your heart and see if there's anything that's taking the place of his worship, okay? Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. As a ministry team, as the couples come down, the altar's open, Father. I pray, God, for anyone in the house. There may be someone here today that, man, you knocking on their heart. You started weeks ago knocking on their heart, and you're still knocking, and you wanna come in and save them and set them free because ultimately you're the greatest giver and you gave your life for us. And why? Because you want relationship. And Father, out of relationship, you want us to be a tither. You want the principle of tithing in our life. And so God, I pray we'd search our heart as a family and a couple. And God, we begin the process of being a tither, at least a giver until you grow us into 10%. God, we love you. We honor you. We praise you. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen, amen. As we worship, you come if you need to. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.